When top scientist Reed Richards led his team of explorers into space, they were blasted by a shower of cosmic rays. Endowed with incredible powers, their lives would change forever as they became the Fantastic Four. Hey everybody, I'm Jason. I'm John. This is Year One Comics. Sure is. This is where I pause for you to play the music. Or are we doing? Are we doing a cold open again? I don't always. <laughs> Should we be do, telling jokes? I don't always do cold <laughs> opens. I only do cold opens if you say something that works well as a cold open. Oh, so we're never going to do a cold open. It's much easier for me to not do a cold open and just put that. It's so much easier just to put the theme at the beginning than to cut it. It into is. The middle. I, oh, I know. I know. That's why I don't edit it anymore. But it's funnier if we like just fade up and we're telling some story that has nothing to do with Fantastic Four. This one time at Bandcamp. <laughs> so my kid says to me, he says, this is issue five. From July 1962. The first year of the Fantastic Four, where all the magic happens. We're almost halfway through the first year. Can you believe it? Yes. Because <laughs> it's only 12 issues. <laughs> if we were still doing the Avenging Hour, Good God, we'd be on issue eight of Endless. <laughs> of 3,245. But we'd be laughing. Oh, we'd be laughing. Because those issues were silly. I guess. If you think Kang is silly. I think that his inflatable couch that he floated on was pretty silly. (laughs) And that all of his powers came from a belt that he wore. If you think that lava men are silly. (laughs) I thought it was silly that Thor could swim in lava up to his nose. I thought it was silly that the lava shaman had a mouth that was like three times bigger than his head. (laughs) Thank you, Jack Kirby. Anywho, this one's a this one's like a milestone. Yeah, it's the first appearance of Doctor Doom. Yeah, very exciting. He looks very green on the cover. He really does. He's so green. Let's start out with the issue where where Doctor Doom is playing with his Fantastic Four chess set, <laughs> and he's not wearing his gloves. He is, oh my gosh, I never noticed he's not wearing his gloves. It's the only panel in the entire comic where he doesn't have. He looks really weird. Do you think Doctor Dermot? Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Dermot Mulroney? <laughs> Would have been a much better movie. <laughs> I always get him confused with Dr. Dylan McDermott. Do you think that... <laughs> Dylan McDermott Mulroney? <laughs> Do you think that Dr. Doom is a taxidermist? Because he's got what I guess is a stuffed vulture on his... Why would you assume that it's stuffed? Oh, maybe it's... You think he's got a... Because it doesn't seem to have eyes. Does it have eyes? No, I don't. Why is there a vulture there? Also, is he living in his parents' basement? It's a really weird table with... A chessboard on it. With a chessboard... <laughs> with only four pieces. That are way too big to actually yeah. be used on that chessboard. They're and like with, Barbie dolls. With, uh, with books strewn everywhere and this stuffed vulture... I think Jack Kirby was trying to cram as much stuff in here to make Dr. Doom look creepy as he possibly could. Well, I guess he succeeded. And then in the second panel, he stumbles up out of the basement. Yes, and gets in his helicopter and flies to the Fantastic Force headquarters. At least we assume. Because now we go to the Fantastic Force headquarters, which is still which is called the Baxter Building. apparently miles away in the heart of New York. We're in New York City. I thought we were in Central City. We did used to be in Central City. This doesn't make any sense. No. Huh. I think they, I think really if Stanley had his way, he would be calling a do-over on those first issue or two, but there's not a way to do that, so he's just <laughs> going to figure kids today are never going to notice. I hadn't really thought this through. 
But in the Fantastic Four's headquarters, Johnny Storm is reading an Incredible Hulk comic book. Gosh, let me guess. Did the Incredible Hulk comic debut at this point? Yep. Hmm. It's one of the, I believe he's the second character to debut after, well, again, maybe Henry Payment Man, but no one cares about him. He's the second real character to debut after the Fantastic Four. And again, we find out that comic book characters in the Marvel Universe are real. Well, they're real in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> the Torch is reading this Hulk comic, and he's saying that the Hulk reminds him of the Thing, which the Thing does not appreciate. He grabs a comic out of Johnny's hands, and then Johnny does something unforgivable. Something that I think all of us know brands him as a monster forever. If he only knew how much that comic would be worth a few years later. He would not burn it. He burns the comic while the Thing is holding it. I, I'm aghast. And the Thing is so angry that he smashes the table. And reads has to hug him to calm him down <laughs> as usual while sue uh, shoots a fire extinguisher at the human torch do you think sue always carries that fire extinguisher around with her while she's at home just in case isn't that like was it a fire extinguisher or did she pull it off the wall oh maybe she did pull it off i'm the assuming wall. they haven't really explored her invisibility powers now or yet where she was doing force fields and she could like move yeah we won't see that in the first year she could have just snuffed him out by putting him in a yeah, but we won't see that. She doesn't start doing that until after the first year. The first year, it's all invisible all the time. Okay. So, all of a sudden, their headquarters is bathed in darkness. That doesn't sound right. All the lights go out. Mm-hmm. And a net drops over the entire building. Well, yes and no. The lights went out because the net were kind of flashing back to see what's happening outside at the same time. He drops a net. Dr. Doom drops a net. A giant net the size of the building that he was holding where? A giant asbestos net the an, size an, of the building. An electrified asbestos net. How do all Silver Age Marvel characters not have cancer at this point in time? Where was that net being kept? Because that helicopter that he's flying is ridiculous. It has a face on it. It looks like a shark. It looks like something that Dick Dastardly would have built in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. <laughs> if there is one villain in the Marvel Universe <laughs> that would not take the time to paint a face on his helicopter, <laughs> it is Doctor Doom. And yet, this helicopter has a face. This helicopter is like Doctor Who's TARDIS. We'll see in a couple pages here. The things that they can jam into this very thin <laughs> helicopter. He says, hey, Fantastic Four, it's Doc Doom. Surrender. And that gives Reed a chance <laughs> to do some... Sue goes, who? And Reed says, let me tell you. I got this covered. <laughs> and we get a Doctor Doom origin story. Done in six panels. Yeah, it's very quick. It'd be nice if they could still do that right? in this day and age. It would be three issues. <laughs> We're going to have a mini-series to give him a... Did I ever talk about how I hated the Taskmaster limited series that gave Taskmaster a name? Yeah. They... His name is Tony Masters now. T. Masters. Taskmaster. Used to be my favorite villain. Now I can't stand him. Yeah, they seem to have missed the point of him. Mm -hmm. I, I see that same thing. You'll be surprised to know this. I see that same thing during, the, what's it called, the dark time. When Norman Osborn is in charge of things in the Marvel Universe. Oh, sure. And the Taskmaster is working at Avengers Academy, and then he starts cozying up to Norman Osborn because he wants to become a real player in the villain scene. And I'm like, mm -hmm. the Taskmaster has never wanted to be a real player on the villain scene. His whole, his whole shtick is, I'm going to stay out of the big fights with superheroes because what's the point? Yeah, okay, yeah, we're not going to get into an episode of the Avenging Hour here. Let's go. <laughs> I could go on and on. Yeah. Reed tells us that Doom was a college student with him and that Doom was fascinated by sorcery and black magic. <laughs> sure. And he was also a brilliant science student. He was in the middle of some forbidden experiment when it exploded and his face was scarred and he was expelled and he went on a mystical retreat into to, the. To, to Kunlun. <laughs> where he became the Iron Fist <laughs> that'd be amazing 
into the Tibetan mountains, and now he's back with asbestos nets. Yeah, he went to the wastelands of Tibet, still seeking forbidden secrets of black magic and sorcery. That seems racist. Why would the secrets of black magic and sorcery be in Tibet? Why weren't they in France? I don't know. Why don't you ask Stephen Strange? That's where he went, too. I know. It's very racist. He's behind the bamboo curtain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're not wrong. I mean... Early Marvel comics were, oh, well, early most comics were all very racist. Why weren't they just in Africa somewhere? I mean, it's black magic. Oh, wow. I mean, really, just go off the deep end. <laughs> if you're going to be racist, go full racist. Go find Wakanda and say that that's where all the boogeymen come from. We will see Doctor Doom's origin expanded upon a lot more. I don't know if we see does it, in... it. Doesn't he become Reed's roommate at some point? Yes. It wasn't just someone I knew in college. Like, yeah. We were lovers. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain so much about the next 40 years of Reed's and Doom's relationship. Lovers and twin brothers at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see a lot more of it. I don't know if we see it in the first year, but we'll eventually talk about it. Doom says, you're my prisoners. I want Sue as a hostage. This is the dumbest plan ever. So give her to me. That's basically what he says. Give me Sue. You're my prisoners. I've put a net over your building. Don't make me do something else. Thing tries to break through the net, but it is, as you mentioned electrified wait what is the threat here that's true i mean they could just stay in their headquarters they they should be able to outlast him they should be able to stay in their headquarters longer than there's fuel in his (laughs) helicopter what is he gonna do to them he already threw a net over the building he obviously can't get in either or can he because sue volunteers to be his hostage and reed's like yeah okay so (laughs) right so they they shoot up their flare oh oh, do you want to do that okay fine if you want to i mean i'm okay they shoot up their flare. Sounds like a good idea. And so Doom says, I will open. I they shoot up the flare as he's saying, if you want to surrender. Oh, oh, you already shot the flare up. Okay. <laughs> he's basically telling them, if you want to surrender her, then shoot a flare up. But they've done it already. And he says, I will. Might as well op- just throw her out a window. <laughs> Here you go. I will open a section of the net for her. Now, much like flare technology in the Marvel <laughs> Universe is something I don't understand. Apparently, net technology in the Marvel Universe How do you open up a section of net? How do you turn on and off a part of a net? Yeah, it's a net. It's not... You can't... It's just a net. I mean, if you had an electric fence and you wanted to turn off a... You would turn off the whole thing. The current can't run consistently anymore. But anyway, she somehow gets out the window. He takes her in his helicopter. I I don't know how she got... That net isn't even wide enough for her to get out of through the holes no it's not it's it the net is very tight i mean reed's obviously the only one that could stretch through that thing but then we see her climbing through it like she's on the jungle gym and up to the roof and now she's doom's hostage and then doom's next play is to say now i want the rest of you guys too yeah (laughs) what why didn't he just do that to begin with well i guess he figures if she if he's got her captured they won't fight back against him when they come up on his helicopter but they just kind of surrendered her to him yeah so Doom doesn't come out of this looking great because not the best plot. And the FF really don't come out of this looking great because they seem like a bunch of pushovers. Hey, give me your girl. Okay. All right. Now that I got your girl, I want the rest of you. Well, why didn't you just ask for all of us to begin with? Well, I mean, we're kind of curious about what you want to do. So we're going to go along with it. And, you know, you kind of get the idea because Johnny is like, what are we going to do, Reed? This, is, this seems crazy. And Reed's basically like, look, he doesn't want us dead. We have to go through with this. And you kind of get the impression that Reed's just curious. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, let's do this. I want to know what Doom's up to. And is willing to risk the lives of the rest of his team I mean, just to figure it out. 
Are they scared of a guy who dropped a net onto a building? He hasn't really <laughs> done anything to make them worry that they can't beat him with their powers. No. Oh my god, all. he's in a helicopter. What are we going to do? I don't know. Reed, you stopped a helicopter last issue with your bare hands. <laughs> so what Doom does is apparently he opens up more holes in the net for, for the three of them to climb to the roof. Yeah, and then he lowers a giant birdcage down. And sucks him up in it. Into the helicopter. Yep. That can now suddenly hold that giant thing with three people in it. And then with a sudden... Even though before the helicopter barely held Doom himself. With a sudden unexpected surge of rocket power, which makes me think that Stanley doesn't really understand how helicopters work, mm -hmm. they go to Doom's castle. Now, most of His us... castle stronghold, that they make it there within minutes in a helicopter. Most of us know Doom as being from the country of Latveria, but this castle can't be in Latveria. I believe this is the castle in New Jersey that Nefaria... No, it's not. No, but it is... he brought that over brick by brick. But if you remember, in you know, the Avenging Hour is going to serve us well. If you remember, they used Dr. Doom's time machine, and it's in, like, New York state or something okay i was gonna ask if you knew if you remembered where it was yeah so this is a castle in the u.s why doom has a castle in the u.s i have no idea yeah, but why there, there is go. a castle in the u.s so he flies how in did he show up at the real estate agency with a cloak <laughs> and a metal mask on We're like i need to buy a castle and where does he get his money from we don't know yeah same place reed does so doom takes him to his throne room i don't know where he has sue bound and gagged and on one side and his pet tiger on the other Sure. So that's what makes me think that that vulture was real. <laughs> Maybe that tiger is also stuffed. I mean, he's got a pet tiger. I like the... We don't ever actually see the tiger do anything, so I like the idea that the tiger is also taxidermied. <laughs> and he's petting it. And he's just petting it. Good taxidermied tiger. Yeah, he tells the Fantastic Three that he wants them to go into the past in a time machine that he has built <laughs> and bring him Blackbeard's treasure. Yep. That's not random at all. So they, trans they they find out that this rug that they're standing on was actually the time machine platform. And they're like, hey, we were standing on it the whole time. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Oh, we faded away. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the heroes debate a little bit about whether or not they should help Doom. But they, they decide that they should. Mostly because they think it sounds keen to go back into the past and be pirates. It'd be cool. I was writing notes on this about how silly this was that they can just go back in pirate times and appear somewhere that would have to be the analog of where they were on the planet at the same time. But we know with this time machine, it doesn't it doesn't just move you through time. It also moves you through space. Because when the Avengers use it, they end up in Nazi Germany. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Sense. Well, time machines in general don't make any sense. Plus, you can just appear somewhere where you're not, like, half in a wall. Dr. Doom didn't know what structures were in the area that he was going to send them to. How did he know they were going to happen to appear in the middle of a town square? And how did everyone there not immediately go, what is that? There's no way they can communicate with these people. There would definitely be change. There would people, definitely be language issues. Yeah, people from the 17 or 1800s did not speak the same English that we speak now. No, they did not. The colloquialisms alone would make them stand out. Plus, I don't care what kind of disguise you put the thing in. He still is going to sound like moving rocks. He's going to... He's, you know, he's, it's impossible to... It's just a bad sunburn. But they, uh, they managed to steal some clothes from a couple of pirates who were doing their wash... They were guys that had stolen the clothes to begin with, I think. Yeah. Because I, that's what pirates do. They steal clothes. Well known for that. <laughs> giant, giant bales of clothes. And they also give the thing a fake beard. That's Namor's beard that Johnny had shaved off before. <laughs> he yeah, kept it in his pocket. I don't know where that beard's supposed to have come from, but they give him one. And then the three of them go into a bar. Yeah. To try to find out something about Blackbeard, where they are immediately drugged by other pirates. They are Shanghai. And Shanghai. 
And I just want to know how many people did it take to carry the unconscious thing onto a ship? And how did no one notice that he was a dude made out of rocks? And why wouldn't they, as soon as they have noticed that, left him where they found him? And been like, oh, no, 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 no. Nope. So they are Shanghai. The thing is the first one to wake up in this ship's hold, where he immediately bursts through the deck and starts fighting pirates. Johnny and Reed soon wake up and continue to fight pirates with him. We notice immediately that Reed's pirate clothes are stretching with him, which they are not supposed to do. That is ridiculous. And, you know, Johnny doesn't burn right through his either. No, he does not. Or does he? Well, he doesn't actually use his flame there. All he does is... No, Reed, he lights his arm up. Reed stretches up to the crow's nest and punches someone, and Johnny lights his hand up and melts a sword. But that's all they really do. And then the pirates are so impressed that they let them take over. Well, to be fair... They probably do seem pretty impressive to a bunch of pirates. But they don't get a chance to enjoy their newfound captaincies as their ship is attacked by another ship. What luck. It's Blackbeard's ship. This happened to be 30 feet away from them. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) So they decide they're going to attack that ship. They're going to board it and attack. The Human Torch, at this point in time, rips off his pirate clothes. And he... Wait a minute. Wait. His pirate clothes were short sleeve. (laughs) Ha! And then he pulls off some sort of green jacket that he wasn't wearing before, and now he has his long sleeve costume on. And he starts burning through the sails of the other pirate ship, and then dives into the ocean and creates this smoke screen with the steam. And then Reed stretches a half a mile from one ship to the (laughs) other, and the rest of the pirates run across his back. After the thing breaks the mast off of his own pirate ship... I don't think he's going to make it as a pirate captain. They are, they are all in on this one. He rips the mast off and goes charging across Reed's back. And soon, unsurprisingly, the Fantastic Three's pirate crew wins against the other crew. They find that all the pirates are now hailing the thing as Blackbeard. So the pirate crew are now proclaiming the thing their new captain and calling him Blackbeard. Whose ship did they just board? Who knows? Not Blackbeard's. Because the thing is Blackbeard. And there's a treasure chest in the ship that they boarded, which they're now calling Blackbeard's treasure because it now belongs to the thing because he's now Blackbeard. I would have thought that if Blackbeard had a quote-unquote treasure, it would be more than one tiny chest. Yeah, I would get that. But of course, it needs to be contained so they can take it back to Doom. And apparently it's not stealing because it's the thing's treasure since he's now Blackbeard. But it was never established that that was Blackbeard's ship. It's just a ship that attacked them and they boarded it and... (laughs) I have so many problems with this. And not the least of which is that I may not understand all the rules of time travel, but I'm not sure how the Fantastic Four can have this pirate adventure without it showing up in a history book somewhere in well, real time. Well, they believe that the legends of Blackbeard are all about the thing who spends approximately an hour and a half in the past. Plus the fact that we know who Blackbeard was. Yes. And he was a person that wasn't made out of rocks. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that would have been in the historical record. Was yeah. he executed? Edward Teach? Yeah. I don't know. Because it would have been difficult to do that if he was made out of rocks. Difficult mm-hmm. to hang someone or... Reed, they, they, there's all this treasure and jewels and gems in this pirate chest. But Reed says, we're not taking that back because there must be something in there Doom wants and we don't want him to have it. Instead, we're going to fill it up with chains and take that back. I mean, it's only Sue's life in the balance, so... Well, Reed says, we kept our word. We are bringing him Blackbeard's treasure chest for we never promised to bring the treasure itself nope go back a couple pages right (laughs) no mention of a chest yep reed makes it sound like and i'm like how difficult would it have been stan if this is the card you want to play (laughs) to go back and write the dialogue so that it works yeah just add the word chest in there but no you're right if you go back and look at it they never mention treasure chest versus treasure reed and johnny are like well got the treasure chest ready to go back to our time things haven't none of it thing wants to be a pirate because he's accepted back here people don't look at him like a freak 
So he turns on the team and has his pirate people capture them. Yep, Johnny is it can't flame on yet because plot reasons. Well, because he was in the water. Oh, that's right. He decided that was a good battle strategy. They wrap Reed up in a sail and then they throw him in a lifeboat. Mm-hmm. And, and then a hurricane pops up for no reason. And a twister rips right through the boat. Reed is freed of the sail, but everyone goes every which way. Johnny almost drowns. Reed saves him. They make it to a deserted island where, look, there's the thing. Bemoaning his momentary lack of judgment. Sorry I left you guys to drift, probably die on the high seas. Sorry, we're still friends, right? Whoops, my bad. I swear it'll never happen again. And so Dr. Doom brings them back to the present. Um, Dr. Doom gave them 48 hours. It's been like three hours. I mean, <laughs> it's, Well, they fell asleep and woke in maybe 12 hours. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, they certainly were not. One would hope not unconscious for like a day and a half. <laughs> Dr. Doom is like, eh, I gave him enough time. Yeah, they, they probably got it. He I'm doesn't sh- know what they're doing. He can't see them. Doom's like, I'm sure all the coincidences have multiplied to enable them to get the treasure chest already. Everything's fine. I'm sure all three of them are back in the spot that I left them so they can get back on that platform. Yeah, because the the platform appears in the air above them and then just sinks over them. And that's how they get transported through time. Makes no sense. And they obviously aren't where they started. Nope. But in any case, And they get back to join the rave that Dr. Doom is. Look, he's on the wheels of steel there. (laughs) Dr. DJ Doom. So they get back there. Doom says, ah, the the gems in that treasure chest I can use in my magic. Oh, please tell us why. They're the proper, they were the property of Merlin. <laughs> what? But now they will be my property. I will be invincible. Here I go. I'm going to open the treasure chest. And as he does that, he realizes that there's chains in there. But no worry. The thing runs up, punches him, and we find out that, uh-oh, Doom's a robot. Ah, the mystical chains of Merlin. But luckily, Doom has a magic TV slash disco ball that can descend from the ceiling. <laughs> I told you he was DJing. <laughs> so he can tell them, hey, you double-crossed me. You guys suck. I'm going to draw all the air out of the room that you're in, and you're going to you're gonna asphyxiate. And then I'm going to kill Seuss. St- oh, wait, I forgot about her. Yeah. Don't worry about Sue. She'll be fine. Her and my tiger will be my, they'll be my best friends. I'm going to taxidermy her. Well, Sue realizes that Doom has forgotten about her and she turns invisible. Which you don't need to do because he's forgotten about you. And apparently he didn't have her in any stationary spot. I thought when he tied her up that he had like tied her to something. But apparently he just tied her hands behind her back and she was just standing there. Yeah. Because she works her way over to a switch and flips it and blows something up. and I, She activates his cutoff switch, I, which short circuits the device and makes it explode. First of all, why would he have that? And second of all, why would Sue even know what that was? How true. Well, I was going to say she spent time in Reed's lab, but at this point in time, even Reed's not spending time in Reed's lab, so... And then she finds uh, an escape door? Yep. So this switch that she threw stopped this device that was taking the air out of the room. It exploded, and it opened a door in the wall. Actually, it didn't stop the air from going out, because they're still suffocating when we next see them. So what did it do? And it didn't open the door. She has to do that by Well, it opened a door for her to get out. Oh. Oh, okay. To a hallway so she could find the room that they were in, which she did just in time and found the secret. Why would he have a hidden secret switch? Yeah, why would you? It's already in a secret hallway. She rescues the rest of the team. They're ready to go after Doom. But Reed says, no, we're not going to go after Doom. We're getting the heck out of here. Wait, did they thank her for saving them? No, Reed just said, thank goodness, thank heaven you're unharmed, Sue. Thanks for being the hero and saving our lives. No. No. Oh, I forgot about you. You're still here. Cool. Sue, you came in here and you didn't even bring me a sandwich? 
What's wrong with you? Well, her hands were tied behind her back. Pitiful excuse. But they still haven't actually escaped. No, now they need to escape. So they go to a nearby window, which bars on has bars on it. Mm-hmm. Reed ties himself to the bar, stretches Wait. across to a rock. Wait, did they leave the airtight room they were in? The airtight room that had a window with bars <laughs> in it? <laughs> Let's say sure. Okay. So yeah, I don't really understand this because Reed stretches across to the other side of a moat around the castle and grabs a rock, and then the thing just punches the wall until it falls off. Why did Reed need to? Yeah, do I that? don't know. Why and, didn't? And how is Reed holding onto a rock stronger than the wall? It doesn't. I don't. I would think if he was pulling that he would pull the rock before he would pull the bars. But why did he have to pull the bars if the thing was just going to punch them? But Mr. Fantastic's teammates now have to get across the moat. Johnny turns Ugh. the water to glass. Right? He he can boil a section of the water away and fuse the ground, turning it into a glass-like substance. And I'm sure that would be instantly cool enough for everyone to walk across. Oh, for sure. And there are crocodiles, and they're like, thank goodness we don't have to swim through the moat with the crocodiles. I don't know if they understand that crocodiles are amphibious and can operate on... They could crawl right out of the moat onto this glass-like whatever it is. But these are apparently very polite crocodiles, and they do not. Johnny then attempts to burn the castle down. (laughs) And Doom's like, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. The mortgage on this thing, I wasn't going to pay it anyway. (laughs) So Doom takes out his rocket pack and flies away. The torch tries to fly after him, but Doom is much too fast. And Torch burns out. And has to save himself by grabbing onto a tree. That's six inches off the ground. Yeah. And the FF are like, well, that went pretty well. We didn't die and the bad guy got away. (laughs) Case closed. Mission accomplished. (laughs) And that's issue number five. We should take a look at the letters page real quick. So embarrassed. That's the first appearance of Dr. Doom. (laughs) Roy Thomas writes a letter. Oh, yeah, yeah Roy Thomas. He will, of course, write the Avengers for quite all, but will eventually write the Fantastic Four for a few years as well. well. He will first come on as Stan Lee's assistant. Yes, he basically just says that the FF's good. <laughs> right to the point. Yeah, what do you know? I like FF, and they reply, so do we, Roy, so do we. Mike Randall of Atchison, Kansas, thinks Mr. Fantastic's name should be Mr. Elastic. Ah, uh, I get it. I guess it's better than Mr. Fantastic. It's not as pompous. And I mean, if they would have made him pick his name first... <laughs> <laughs> Then the thing would have been Mr. Fantastic. And Roger Mann says the letters in the letters page are really short, which they are. We'll eventually see these long, like, page-and-a-half-long missives. But let me tell you, short is just as fine as those long Those long letters are not much better. There's really nothing to say at this point. No. I like your comic. They do, at the bottom, say that basically they're learning a lot from their readers, which is that their readers don't agree on anything. Some of you like the name Mr. Fantastic. Some of you don't. Some of you like the thing. Some of you don't. Gosh, that's... Yeah, it's fascinating stuff (laughs) on the letters page. We're going to keep writing it, though, regardless. Again, where do we go from here? Well, Doom's our only new character, and we will see him again. No, we'll see him two more times. Next issue. We see him next issue, and he'll be in one more time before the end of this year. And he obviously becomes the biggest foe of the Fantastic Four. And one of the biggest foes in the Marvel Universe. He's kind of the Marvel Universe's... Lex Luthor? Yeah, but he's so much more than Lex Luthor. What else is there? I know, that's why I stopped. He's <laughs> not dark side, that's like Thanos, right? Yeah, dark side's <laughs> a little more, more cosmic. Did, I, I'm not sure that there is anyone like Doom because he tr- I guess Lex Luthor is more like a Norman Osborn. Yeah, Doom is is kind of a he's kind of unto himself. He's because while he is the Fantastic Four's biggest foe, he's one of those villains that I feel like one of the few villains that will pop up in other books almost like to boost sales. If you look at the early Marvel comics... Mm, he shows up in Amazing Spider-Man number five. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the early comics, it's like you your comic was not firmly established until you fought Doom. Yeah. He's, I mean, and he has pretty much appeared in every comic Marvel publishes. Well, he is a Fantastic Four villain. To an extent, he's everybody's villain. 
everybody gets a piece of doom. Yeah, I guess that is a difference. And it's kind of the thing where we haven't really seen a lot of it now. Obviously, the Fantastic Four has moved to, quote unquote, New York from Central City or wherever yeah. they were. And we will see that Marvel will establish that basically everybody that's in any of their comics lives in New York and has a shared universe, whereas DC doesn't really to start with. Like, every hero has their villains and there isn't yeah. as much crossover. No, you're right. There's not. There really isn't. I can't even... I mean, I guess there is with the team books eventually. But even, like, Justice League has their own unique villains that the individual characters didn't fight first. Yeah, they'll they'll start... Like Starro. Yeah, right. <laughs> they'll start bringing in the specific villains, people, members of the rogues gallery for each, for each hero. They'll start bringing them in to Justice League, but usually just as fodder. Like, they'll yeah. spend time on them yeah. if they, it's just if they need them. But it's like, the you know, Superman shows uh, Lex Luthor in the first few issues, and then, you know, the next year he doesn't show up in Batman. Yeah. It's just not a thing they do. No, you're right. I guess that's probably why there isn't an analog to Doctor Doom in the DC Universe. And, and you could say that about a lot of the Marvel Universe. The Marvel Universe has always seemed more cohesive than the DC universe. More or at least connected, it, yeah. At least it did for the first couple of decades. It helped that all of Marvel's heroes pretty much lived in the same city. So you could have Daredevil trip over Spider-Man or Thor accidentally knock into Giant Man as he was flying through town or what have you. As he was on his way to go murder some Norwegian doctors. Uh, your, your thoughts about this issue? Any, any closing thoughts on this? It's weird because it's interesting to see Doctor Doom, but I don't really... Again, it doesn't feel like this is Doctor Doom. Well, see, now, I think to an extent you're wrong. It's it's amazing to me, accepting the fact that his plan is Silver Age zany, I think that the basic formula of Doctor Doom is here, in that he has a plan. He is almost always in control in this magazine. The few times the FF think they're in control, like when they bring him the chains and they fight him, it's not Doom, it's a robot. He expects you to do that. He's got you in a trap. And even when you actually try to burn it, he's just like, I don't care, whatever. Yeah, burn my house. Yeah, burn, the, burn the castle down. I'm out of here. Yeah, the, I guess I guess it's there. Maybe it's just the, the plan itself is just stupid. The plan is ridiculous. <laughs> and it makes me go, well, you're an idiot. But. but but generally, I am surprised that this Doom is is more than most of their villains. He's pretty much in control of the entire issue. Maybe the only thing we don't really see is the gigantic ego. Yes. There's like a little tiny glimpse of it, but there's not the bombastic, Yes, agreed. I am better than everybody, ha ha ha. Agreed with that. I mean, there's certainly pieces missing. We also see a Doom here who, while he mentions magic, is very much about science. I mean, everything yeah. he does here is science-y. Yeah, I think that it, it almost feels like for that the origin, they throw that stuff in to make him say, well, he's a bad guy. Yeah. He's clearly a villain because he's into sorcery. Would you keep reading? I guess so. I mean, I would like to think that if I was at this point in the book, I would be like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> that they can't capture anybody. I get what you're saying, especially compared to, you know, I always think about these comics compared to what DC was publishing at the time, because in many ways these comics were much more interesting because the the characters had more of a personality than most of DC's heroes did. But you're right in that they're also much less effective than most of DC's heroes. When Batman fights the Joker at the end of the issue, the Joker goes to jail. Yeah, the only consistent thing with all of these so far is, you know, you've got Mole Man, you've got the Scrolls, you've got... Mariner, Doctor Doom, like every issue they've introduced someone new, so you would kind of want to stick around to see what's the next thing they're going to face. But then the next thing they're going to face is the two things that they just faced, and you're like, wait a minute. Are they running out of ideas already? See, I think I would keep reading after this one because while the plan is goofiness personified, there is a, a fun to this issue that I feel like we haven't seen in previous issues. And I feel like they are finally beginning to understand action a little bit. We're seeing a little bit more action in this comic. Like the the pirate stuff, I think, is goofy fun. 
It doesn't make any sense. And it makes me laugh when the thing rips the mast off his own ship. But at least we're seeing some some action panels. I, I like that. Yeah, it's got to make you wonder about the characterization, though, that the thing would so easily turn on his friends and teammates. It's weird. It's not an issue that you can, you can at all examine. As soon as you begin to examine it, it completely falls apart. I've had a bias going into this from the beginning because I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan. And these issues will not make you one. Yes and no. I always thought they were kind of boring. They had that family dynamic, and I was like, yeah, whatever. That's the guy's fiance. That's her little brother. That's an angry troll. Like <laughs> they just never seem to be as as interesting and dynamic as like the Avengers or Spider Man by himself or yeah they just always seem kind of boring to me and they were more science based but my bias comes from reading them in the seventies and eighties where this stuff like none of that stuff is established yet yeah so it's weird yeah it's kind of interesting but I know that there's going to come a point and maybe we won't see it in the first year where it just kind of levels off and I'm like okay I'm done with these people what's interesting to me we should probably be talking about this in the last episode but we're going to do it now because we started it. we're almost at the halfway point is that the first 20 30 issues of this comic are kind of like the first 12 but a little bit more refined and then you get into the 40s and right as soon as you start to get close to the for the Galactus trilogy, the 48, 49, 50, where Galactus first appears, you begin to notice Jack Kirby's art expanding. Less mm-hmm. panels per page, much more action stuff, a lot less writing from Stan Lee. And then after the Galactus trilogy, for the last 50 issues they do, it is just a tour de force for Jack Kirby. Well, 52 is Black Panther, isn't it? Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's a question of how much you do or do not enjoy Jack Kirby being let, let off the leash. But it's it's like a completely different book. And when he leaves the book, again, I, I've said this before, Jack Kirby is not always an artist to my taste. But when he leaves the book, the energy level in this book plummets. Hmm. And it stays that way, in my opinion, throughout the entire 70s, which doesn't have a really good run in it until John Byrne comes on. Which is like a hundred issues of meh. Yeah. That's issue five. Yeah. So we're going to keep going. Is that what we decided? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're going to keep going, but... I, I would As keep readers, going. we would keep going. Generally, I would have kept going after every issue except for... Three? Yeah, but then I probably would have two because of the torch. I think I gave... I said I gave up on two and yeah, three. you did. I mean, when you turned your villains into cows. <laughs> I just don't understand why that's a negative. Come on. Maybe that's why Reed was so... Like, he knew that the Miracle Man was a hypnotist because Reed had just hypnotized a bunch of vil- uh, aliens and turned them into cows. That is true. Huh. He had some experience there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Once again, please feel free to drop us an email, um, youronecomics at gmail.com. Uh, eventually, I'm guessing at this point, we'll have pictures up on our Instagram account. Oh, yeah, account. for sure, for sure. We keep pl- plugging the Instagram account, but I, I haven't looked at it yet, so I don't know what you're doing over there. I haven't done anything yet, <laughs> no. but we haven't dropped an episode yet. Well, that's behind the behind the curtain. Yeah, we probably shouldn't be saying that out loud. Just cut that part out where you said that you didn't. There's so many great pictures on the Instagram. Okay, I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm enjoying taking pictures of these goofy issues and putting them up on the Instagram. I enjoyed doing that with the Avenging Hour and these. As you got into the like the 250s and the 260s, are always there wasn't always a few interesting panels. Yeah, the these problem early ones, with though. these comics is I could really take pictures of almost every panel. That's why I keep trying to bring up like, oh, look at that guy. Oh, look at that over there. Yeah. So then people go, what are they talking about? And then they go to at your one comics on Instagram and they see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Why do I feel like I'm doing a public broadcasting uh, fundraiser drive now? Are you on NPR? And we've got such many great things. And if you if you call now and give a $10 donation, we'll give you a tote bag with our fancy year one comics logo on it. You know, <laughs> when you were editing these, I was always like, we should just go for hours. But now that I edit them and I look at how I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like another 20 minutes I got to spend on this oh, if we're going to okay. keep talking. Yeah, I get the point. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.